0: I started talking. You may want to hear them sing more. <laughs> Hello, Mountain View. It's awesome to be here. It's good to see a lot of familiar faces, too. I see uh, quite a few. I actually grew up in this district also. So, But it's wonderful to be here. Um, I'm going to talk to you tonight about, uh, about the value of some things. Just what do we value? Um, I like to teach. I'm a teacher by trade, I guess. A pastor by calling, but a teacher by calling as well. And tomorrow I get students. Pray for them. Pray for them. They haven't heard all my jokes and stuff yet. <laughs> and I usually start out. I'll loosen. I'll loosen them up with a couple of jokes, but I'll make them work as they're doing it. And I'll ask them. And I don't teach math, okay? I'm a history teacher, a government teacher, economics teacher. I teach no math. One of the first things I ask them is, no calculators, no technology, how many seconds are in a year? And you'll get them really scratching on paper. I use pencil and paper, that's it, in your mind. And they'll come up, they'll give me these big numbers. I'll say, are you sure? They're like, let me go back and recheck. So everybody will do it, and then i will come back and say, is this right? I said, you could be right, I don't know. I said, I thought there was 12. January 2nd, February 2nd, March 2nd, April 2nd. But you could be right. I, you know, so, but I do value uh, teaching. I value education. I value telling people about our Lord and Savior. And we value a lot of things. There are many, many things that we value. many things something's going to take up our time something's going to consume our resources and it's up to us to place where that value goes because we're going to spend our time and money on something i promise you we're going to spend our time and money on something i'm busy we're all busy I like being busy, but sometimes I get distracted. So I tell kids in school, I've never seen a a bad kid. Honestly, I've never seen a bad kid. I've seen some get distracted, and some get distracted more than others, but they're all good kids. They're made in the image of our Lord and Savior. This morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about Paul, and I talked about Paul this is evening, isn't it? But this morning I talk about Paul also. I'm gonna talk about Paul again this evening. And I'm gonna read from Philippians chapter three, one verse, just verse eight. It says, More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, this wonderful opportunity uh, to be here this evening, Lord. Thank you for each person here. Thank you for the folks that are listening online, Lord. I thank you for each church and each church member of the Mountain View District, Lord. I just pray that your words flow through me. If not, Lord, they'll flow in spite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Prior to Saul's conversion, which I talked about this morning, if you were at church or you got to hear me, I talked about his conversion this morning. Prior to his his conversion, Saul had a lot going for him. He was high up in the church, well-respected, a Roman citizen. He had a lot going for him. Right? He was good at what he did. One of the things that he did, that was persecute Christians. That was one of his jobs. That was one of his jobs, was he persecuted Christians. And he thought of himself as being pretty important. Everybody thought of himself being pretty important. He considered it. He put a lot of value in his job, in his position. And then something happened. Something happened in his conversion That made him look at things just a little bit differently. Again, when he was on his way to Damascus, a great light shone. He couldn't see it. And he was led by people to Damascus because he heard the voice of Jesus tell him to go to Damascus. And he'd be told what to do. And again, this is going back to my sermon this morning a little bit. But a man named Ananias was told by God to meet Saul. What do you think Ananias was thinking? He knew who Saul was. He knew what Saul was doing. He probably didn't want to go do it, but he answered that call. He put his value. He put the value of his relationship with Christ ahead of his fear and went and did what he was called to do. You see, Saul had a vision on that road, and he heard Christ's voice. And then he goes to Damascus. He's healed, and he answers the call. It's there that he answers the call. So even... On his road to Damascus, well, actually, even before then, he had knowledge of Jesus. Matter of fact, he had knowledge of Jesus. He was killing Jesus' followers. So he had a knowledge, but he really didn't know who Jesus was until he heard his voice. You see, most people, or a lot of people in this area at least, we know who Jesus is, Right? Very few people in this area that haven't heard of Jesus. There are some, but very few. But that head knowledge is great. But it's not very valuable if we leave it in our head. If we think of it as an intellectual knowledge, which God wants us to use our intelligence. But if, if we think of it, Purely as a cognitive knowledge about who Jesus is, it's not enough. That head knowledge is not enough to save us. It's not enough to save us. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 says, he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Once we know who Jesus is, when we accept Jesus as our life, we use our whole being to worship him. If we leave it as just head knowledge, that can never happen. We have to answer his call. We have to turn that head knowledge into an affectionate knowledge. We have to have a head knowledge that turns to love. We can know. All things about Jesus. We can be a Bible scholar, but unless we place that in our heart and that love comes out, it's useless. We're called to love each other. And once we enter in a relationship with Jesus Christ, because of what he's done, not anything that we can do, that head knowledge is converted to a heart knowledge. It's converted to love. Pastor I had a few years ago. I'm not going to steal her thunder. I think she's, wait, yeah, maybe she is here. She had a sermon that, believe it or not, I still remember but now but now you remember that sermon i do too i wish i'd never heard it (laughs) because i wasn't doing this but now i am saul when he was on the road to damascus knew who jesus was but once he experienced jesus once he heard his voice and accepted his call but now he's doing something different He had a reason to be going to Damascus, but after he he accepted the call of Jesus Christ, but now his purpose is totally different. He had that head knowledge, but now it's in his heart, his whole soul desire. Nothing else matters to him. His position in the church don't matter. His Roman citizenship don't matter. Nothing matters except for spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to have heart knowledge. And it should be exciting. We should be excited to go to Hedrick Street. We should be excited to go to Jubilee Project and spread the word of Jesus Christ. That's what we should be passionate about. That's what we should value. Again, our time and money, we're we're spending it on something. Does anybody have too much time? Does you have too much money? <laughs> Definitely not. Again, your time and money is going somewhere. How much are you valuing in your relationship with Jesus Christ? How much are we valuing our relationship with Jesus Christ? Do we still worry about things? Well, once we have that but-now experience, the things that used to bother us shouldn't bother us so bad anymore. No The things we used to worry about, the little squabbles and arguments we used to have shouldn't matter. Once we have the love of Jesus Christ in our heart, that's all that matters. And we, again, we should be excited. We should be excited. We should be happy. We should be filled with joy. We should be filled with joy despite our, regardless of our circumstances. That joy, there's a difference between joy and happiness. And I've explained this a few times to different folks. Being happy does depend on circumstances. You cannot be happy and sad at the same time. It is impossible. You can't. But because of our circumstances, sometimes we're going to be sad. But when we have the love of Jesus Christ in our heart, we can still have joy. Because of what he's done for us. Because we value that relationship so much. We can, we can be struggling in our personal life and still have, still have joy. We can still have that joy, not because of anything that we do on our own, but because of what Christ has already done for us. Amen. Amen. Again, it's a happy knowledge. But we shouldn't stay there. Once we have that experience, once we convert that head knowledge to our heart knowledge, we've got to do something with it. head knowledge is important we need to be reading and studying the Word of God if not we're going to be exactly a year from now we're gonna be exactly where we are right now spiritually we can't grow unless we learn to be more like Jesus Christ and once we do convert that head knowledge to heart knowledge that should be what we strive for every day is to be more like him to show the love and grace that he's shown us Amen. if you look at Saul and what he had done there's no way he deserved grace there's no way he deserved to be the one that God chose to pin so much of the New Testament yeah. <laughs> but you see God can see through Saul who was persecuting he knew who he was That's why he called him. That's why he called him. You see, God has a call on your life, too. He has a call on my life. And we learn that call through prayer and and, and reading the word, talking to other brothers and sisters in Christ. It's how we grow. We help each other. Paul was blind. He couldn't get to Damascus on his own. They held his hand and led him there. We need people to lead us. We can't do it on our own. When we start putting value in ourselves and thinking that we can do things on our own, we don't need to study the Bible. We don't need to be around other Christians. We don't need to be serving people. When we start thinking like that, that's when we fail. When we're not relying on the power of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. But when we do rely on that power god can use you in mighty ways all the things you'd like to do you can't do on your own when you hand it to god he can use it he can use it And if he can use saul to spread the message he can use other sinful people through his grace and by his holy spirit when he can use them to spread the powerful message of Jesus Christ and his saving grace, when he can use some young boy who was really shy growing up from Strawberry Plains, Tennessee, to stand here and proclaim his name, he can definitely use you. His grace is greater than anything that we can imagine. I've got to say, Stace plus everything equals zero. But Stace plus his grace, his grace equals everything. That's all I need. I can have everything else, but if I don't have that relationship, he hasn't shown me the grace. I'm in trouble. But thanks to what Christ has done for me, Thanks for his forgiveness, his mighty grace. I'm standing here today. It's grace. Grace. In James 1, we're reminded that we're supposed to be doers of the word, not just simply listeners. But being a Christian is a verb. A Christian is not a noun, it's a verb. Again, it's what you do with this knowledge. When it's converted to heart knowledge, it's what we do with it. That's who we really are through Christ. Being a Christian is action. Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt alone and you couldn't feel God's presence? Have you ever felt like that? Sometimes we get tired. And and, when we feel that way, we feel like, you know, where is God right now? Well I'm telling you is he hasn't gone anywhere. He's still waiting to receive you and if you can't feel his presence, I can tell you where you can every time. Go serve somebody. If you're tired and you're down and you can't feel anybody go or you can't feel the presence of God. Go serve somebody that has less than you. That's where God is. That's where Christ is. He's serving other people. Again, being a Christian, that's what we're called to do is serve each other. We can serve each other in love. We can even serve people we don't agree with in love. We're called to love each other. You can actually love somebody and disagree with them. Rhonda's been doing it for 37 years. Amen. Again, when you're relying on grace. But sometimes we do get tired. And when we get tired, guess what? Jesus is there ready to pick us up. Matthew 11, 28, 30 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your soul. When we yoke ourselves with Christ, he handles our burdens. He teaches us. He walks with us. When we try to do it on our own, we can't handle the weight. So I want to encourage you tonight. As I close, I didn't really know how long I had tonight. Daryl told me he gave me 20 minutes when I walked in. And somebody gave me 20 more minutes. And, and I had it all up. I got like an hour and a half. But I'm not going to take it all. Because I value your time. And I know you value your time. And if if you're sitting here listening to me, how can you be carrying God's word somewhere else? (laughs) I hope and pray that through God's word, you are encouraged tonight. You're encouraged that no matter what, he loves you. No matter what, he died for you. He saved you. Don't let this one foot from your head to your heart cost you eternity. If you haven't converted that head knowledge of Jesus Christ and put it in your heart, we he can come out and you can go do some amazing things through him. I pray that tonight you make that decision. He's waiting with his arms wide open. He loves you and I love you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, this opportunity to be here, Lord. Thank you for uh, allowing me to speak your word, Lord. Thank you for, uh, for this wonderful district and all these wonderful churches, Lord. I just pray that, uh, that as we, we go tonight, that, that we do just remember to, to spread the word of you, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray, amen.